Thank you for listening to Fashion Africana Podcast. Please be respectful of the intellectual property featured in this episode. Hello, I'm Beatrice Anud Ola, and you're listening to Fashion Africana Podcast. And today I'm speaking with Awa. Hello, Awa. Hello, Beatrice. It is a pleasure to have you here. Awa, could you please briefly introduce yourself to us? Uh, my name is Awa Meite. I'm from Mali and um, I'm a textile and fashion designer. And I'm, I'm really happy to be part of Fashion Africa now today. Okay. I know she's more than a fashion designer. Let me add to this hour. Because I know you're a filmmaker, a painter, a stylist, and you create beautiful handmade clothes and decor. She's based in uh, Bamako in Mali. Yeah. And um, one of the movers and shakers, I would say. One of the ladies who can count herself um, into the one who's really shaping the fashion economy in Mali, I would say. Um, for you, it's very important to yeah, encourage the locals. You have a go on um, cotton production and um, yeah, you have been uh, increasing employment. And what else can I say? You have been also selected to be on Beyonce's platform, right? Yes. How did it feel when you realized, wow, you have been selected, you're the one? Oh, I felt, um, I felt really moved first because uh, beyond fashion, uh, we want to, to have a new narrative. Uh, fashion is one of the way to show uh, another face of Africa, uh, the way we want to, to shape our own future. Uh, we are in a global uh, situation. We are, we are interacting with the rest of the world. But at the same time, uh, the rest of the world is shaping us, is making us is shaping the way we think, we, the way we perceive ourselves. And I think that we are in a time where we have the opportunity to change that, to show that we have where we belong and our aspirations. And I think that fashion is all about that. It's not just the beauty of the thing or the celebrity, or it's deeper than that. And uh, I think that fashion can bring us together and can help us also um, have a better living for ourselves and for the people we, we live with we, and for the continent, simply. Wow. So be, to be part on Beyonce platform was amazing, but at the same time, it was rewarding for, for the purpose, for, for the, the way we think, for, and to see that... Um, America, the diaspora, can relate to us in a positive way. And that was very important. Exactly. Well said. Yeah. I can imagine. It's, um, yeah, it's a new era, I would say. And um, 
we are able to shape it. You know, we are not anymore the ones who are just um, being uh, used mm. and not participating. Mm. So it's now about us, um, yeah, being involved and creating. Mm. And um, could you also tell us um, what are some of the techniques, textiles, and um, traditions created by Malian craftsmen, men, and artisans? Uh, Mali is um, is one of the most important cotton producers in Africa, and um, the communities that produce cotton are not able to make a living out of it because we don't transform locally the cotton we, we produce. Um, the raw cotton is sent, to, is exported, is sent to Europe, America, all over the world. And when you do that, you don't have added value. And the thing is that the price, the price of the raw cotton is not decided by the producers. It is decided in Europe. So we pro you produce something uh, you cannot sell for the right price. So you produce something that you cannot make a living out of. And that's weird. But since uh, the producers have been doing that for ages, they don't know how to do anything else. So fashion, I understood very early that fashion was a way to, to transform locally the cotton we produce in order to have added value. And that was really important. And more than that, we have traditional techniques and made very good quality and beautiful and made product out of cotton and skills that are disappearing because our markets are full of secondhand clothes from Europe, from Chinese uh, textiles. So we were losing a lot. We were losing a lot. And, and that was really confusing even for us because the paradox is that you produce cotton, uh, you are well known for it, for the quality of your cotton, for the quantity you produce, and you cannot make a living out of it. You stay a poor country. You have wealth, but you are still poor. So uh, the, the way, a way to, to do it was to see how to think about the past but to, to renew the past, the techniques, the know-how, the identity, the culture. So I decided to do all that in the, in the fashion I do because uh, the challenge was to do something different because fashion for me is all about that. It's not just uh, the, the flash, the light. It has to have a meaning, something powerful, a message you can send and also to show a way of producing things because we are in slow fashion, conscious fashion. Uh, at the beginning, when we were doing this kind of work, people were like, you should hire more people. You should have a big atelier. You should do, you should think bigger. And I was like, I want to do things my own way. I want to structure things. You know, there's no hurry. Why do things big and not be able to, to achieve things? Because when you start this kind of process in a country like Mali, 
you make hope grow in people because they see something, they see a different process and you don't make false promises by telling people we are going to do huge things. You are going to be rich. I'm going to change your life. I don't do that. The way I work is that let us start with a little we have and we'll see how it will grow. And this is how I started without any resources except my own resources. And people start to trust me because they see that you don't make them expect something you don't have yourself. So we, we, we grow like that together. And I was telling them vision can be fiction too. Uh, in Europe, in the West, they have problems there too. Maybe you, you, don't, you don't see it with the uh, images uh, we have. It's like when you see Africa on television, most of the time it's poverty, war, and all that. We are in Mali, but we also have happiness. We have knowledge and we have solidarity. So this is what we, we need to show uh, through the work we do. We don't, we don't have the power televisions, the medias have in Europe, but we can start something little, but something that is, that is us. And to be, to be honest with ourselves and with others, not to pretend. Today, people need the real thing. Pretending, when, when you are fake, sooner or later, people notice that you are fake. So be yourself. Let people say that you are a difficult person. Let people say that you are not nice. You don't need to be nice if there's no need to be nice. You have to be true. You have to do things the right way. You have to do things to put people first because you know your own reality and you know that we have today the power to change things, to change things with the tools we, we have from others because today we are interconnected. We are interconnected and with COVID-19, we are in a phase where the world has to reinvent itself. Absolutely. So, yeah. So we, sh so we need to be in the center of the solutions, of the proposals, because um, when we are in this situation, the world is lost. It's, it's so painful everywhere. People are dying everywhere. People are questioning And nobody has a solution right now. Now is the time for Africa to say we should be heard because we exist, because we can have solutions too. And we should do things together. So we should have this self-esteem. We should have this, this certitude to be sure that we have specificity. We have answers and we should be expressing it without any shame, without any complex. And I think that fashion is the place for that. Amazing, what you have been saying. So true, so beautiful. And um, I even don't have any words because yeah, it's real, you know, being real, it matters. And they, we have solutions, we can bring solutions to the table. This is so well said. And um, you also said something very important. I wanted to point out that um, Mali is one of the biggest cotton producers, but they're not making the price. The price is made in Europe. 
I think it would be good to give us a little bit more insight about how this um, situation um, is, is of course, a challenge to, to rethink. Um, what are your thoughts about it? What can you tell us? Uh, it is like the picture is like the buyer is the one who is deciding for the price, simply. I'm a designer and I make garments and the consumer is the one who is deciding of the price of my garment. It's like that with cotton. No matter how much you invest in it, you are the one producing it, making it. So you know the real cost of it, but it doesn't matter. The person who is buying has more power. The, the cotton industry in Europe, there are like lobbies that are really strong and they are together and they decide of everything. The quotas, the prices, everything. And the problem is that they, they support their economy, the agriculture. They support the, the cotton producers in, in the country with subventions. And we don't have that because we don't have enough resources to do that. So the, the, the cotton producers in US and in Europe can afford to sell the cotton at the prices they decide because they have subventions, but we don't have that. And we have to sell for the same price because the price is the same internationally. It's very complicated. The only solution is to transform locally. And there's a market for that today because uh, Unmade is conscious. Unmade is everything we are asking now. And cotton is so, is so amazing. It's protecting, it's warm, and it has a story. That's what I tell the people I work with. I said, when we, you, you do the weaving, you are writing a story. And the person is going to buy what we, we make is buying a product. But is, is, this person is also buying a story. And that's really important. We are, we are storytellers. Yeah. And, yeah. And, that's, and that's really important. I want you to, to be happy when you work. I want you to take your time. I want you to feel what you do. If you, if you produce one piece or two, it's okay. We'll sell it the right price, but we don't need to have a thousand pieces with lack of quality, lack of pleasure doing it. It doesn't make sense to us. So when I see people talking about um, fair trade, eco-conscious, I, I tell myself, We've been doing that for ages in Africa. You cannot teach something we practice already and to make it trendy. It doesn't make sense. And, you know, the, the fashion industry just following it because it is now eco-conscious. And I said, we are in that already. Uh, I'm from a big family and I know that, you know, my, my older cousins, when they don't wear a shirt or a skirt, they give it to the small, small one. So you inherit clothes. So we don't, there's no spoiling here because there's scarcity. We don't have enough. So we share. Yeah, and exactly. <laughs> so when I see upcycling uh, is trendy, I said, we've been upcycling for ages. 
this is the way we do things here. Uh, when you, you see a, a bottle, we don't throw a bottle away. People recycle because they need it. They resell it. So we have that already. And we have to assume what we have and not be taught again what we have and what the habit we have already because we don't have, we didn't have a way to, to communicate about it, to show what we do because for us it is so natural. That's why I say that Africa can propose solutions, answers, because we have it in our DNA. We've been doing ages without knowing recycling or upcycling. I've seen my grandma do that, you know. We were like 10, 20 around her making noises and she had to be fair. She has to give to everyone the same thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so beautiful. Yeah, you know, sometimes things are already taking place they're happening but it's just sometimes a wording needs to be found so it can be better understood this is how i think um it works in the western world but you're totally right you know it has been out there and um this all kind of um practices um they're old i don't know how many years but it's nothing yeah. new yeah. and i love that you say yeah there there's a time now where africa can bring solutions and yeah. can propose yeah. and um i would also really like to understand more about your brand our mighty do mm -hmm. i spell it right mighty, yeah. yes <laughs> Yeah, I would like to know more about um, uh, Maite. Um, so your signature, your star, can you give us some insight? Oh, it's difficult to talk about the brand because my brand is very visual. Um, like I told you, I use mainly cotton. And um, I started to explore traditional techniques, but I wanted to go further. I wanted to, to show something new. So I started to work with traditional weavers and I trained uh, people to do a more modern weaving because I don't weave myself. I don't know the, the technique, but I, I watch things carefully and I look at the patterns, the way people work. And sometimes when they make mistake, in the weaving, for me, the mistake is so beautiful that I ask them to repeat it. Okay. So the new pattern we have is a repetition of what was a mistake. And when it is repeated, it becomes beautiful. So that's how we started. And it was amazing because they were surprised themselves. And once you, we, we, you accept that the mistake is beautiful, it's like when you do a tie and dye, sometimes you don't look for a color, but you find something really interesting. And you say, oh, this is nice. Maybe I should go this way. This is what we did with weaving. And then you try to structure it. And what is amazing is that we work together. And it's not like I'm the... Most of the people I work with don't know how to write or read. Uh, I don't like the, 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 the word educated because education is so large. 
they're educated in weaving and I'm not educated in weaving, but I went to school, they did not go to school. So there's this kind of complementarity and this, I learned with them humility. I think that the work, the brand is about uh, research, being together and surprise ourselves to surprise the rest of the world. That's how I think I can call my brand. Amazing. And it's local technique, it's modern, and we want to show the reality, uh, our own reality, and the, the beauty, the beauty we feel working together, uh, reinventing ourselves. That's why when people see, I see the, the reactions, the reaction are like the motivation for us because, uh, for example, when I went to Lagos Fashion Week. This is what I was just <laughs> about to ask. Yes. <laughs> yeah. How was it when you had this debut, you know, at Lagos Fashion Week? It was um, last year, right? It was last year. And I never yeah. knew Fashion Weeks because it is too speed for me. It is, it is too much. Uh, too much work, too much, it is speed. And I like to take my time. I like to do things my own way. And uh, yeah, you have deadlines eh? when you know yes, the I day is coming. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the deadline, eh? you have on-time production. Eh? <laughs> exactly. I don't like that stress. I like the stress of atelier, but not the stress of the deadlines. <laughs> but I accept it. The, um, the director of the fashion week, um, Akerele, it was amazing. I was in Dakar, I was in holiday and I wanted to do a shooting and she was just passing by and she, she saw the work and she, she came to me and she said, what's, what's your name? It's amazing the work you're doing. And I said, my name is Awamite. And she said, oh, do you want to come to Lagos Fashion Week? I'm like, yes, I've heard so much about Lagos Fashion Week, but I don't know how to reach out. I don't know. She said, oh, I would love to show your work at Lagos Fashion Week. It's so unique. I'm like, yes, let's do it. That's how we've met. Wonderful. Omo Yemi, she's amazing. Oh, lovely. Great. Oh, she's amazing. And then, you know, we worked it out. And I went to, to Lagos Fashion Week in the, um, in the loge. In French, it's called loge. When we were preparing. The, when you were backstage. The, the backstage, yes. The backstage, yeah. I was looking at the different work. And I was like, wow. Nothing looks like what I'm going to show. And I started to panic. Because since I never do fashion week, I'm never confronted to others. Or I see the, the magazines, but when you look at the magazines, you see the trends, but you don't expose yourself. In my atelier, in my workshop, I do what I like, and I'm happy with that. I have my, cost, my clients and all that. But in a fashion week, you see the diversity, but nothing was like what I was going to show. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God. But this is the beauty. This is where I was. I was there last year. 
I saw oh, you. I was there. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it was amazing. I saw you and I saw all these amazing brands. And I was backstage. I was there with Tokyo James. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and backstage, I was so panicked. I was like, okay, you are here. You, you cannot do anything else. So you have to show your work. And when it was my turn, they started... And the person who was helping the models to go on stage was like, wow, I love your work. I was like, oh, good. That's a good sign. And then when the, the models were going out, people were like, wow. I was hearing people commenting, being really excited. But I was not sure because, you know, backstage, it could be something else. And then after the fashion show, it was amazing because the brand was showing something different, totally different. I was showing uh, videos of people on the cotton field. I was talking about sustainability. You saw it. Yeah, I was right <laughs> there. I was in my <laughs> VIP room and I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> showing something totally different with real people, with the people I work with, with my own story, with, you know, slow fashion. It was totally different. And then Akarele told me, Awa, this is amazing. I mean, this Lagos Fashion Week, you made it different. And that was for me so rewarding. Beautiful. Because we've been doing this for so long. And you, you are not heard. You feel alone sometimes because the world is not ready for that. Uh, your work is like exotic and you don't want it to be exotic. You want it to be real. When African fashion is different, it's just exotic. No, the world is finding aspirations in African fashion, in African textiles, in our colors, in our jewelries, and there's no recognition about that. You see things from Africa in the West with uh, big designers, well-known designers, but there's nothing for Africa in it. It is not produced in Africa. Uh, the craft, people are not working on the, this project usually, and the, the money is not going to Africans. So that's why we, Lagos Fashion Week was important for me because you gain self-confidence and you see that you're not alone anymore. There's a platform. And I went also to Alara yeah. uh, in Lagos. Now Alara is selling my collections and they have exclusivity in Nigeria. They love the brand and it's amazing. And Alara is really the type of, the way we want to sell what we do, they order very little quantity, but they pay you the right price. And it's like unique because what we do, handmade, each piece is unique. Yeah, yeah. Because it is handmade, because it is, there are different craft work on it. And it's really, I think that I'm in a good, I'm in a good um, period, a good time and, the work we are doing is really, we are achieving something. Yeah. Nigeria is amazing for that. 
Beautiful. Actually, how many collections do you produce a year? And and how many pieces are in one collection? I try to do two collections a year. And between the collections, I have capsule collections. And the pieces we can produce is like, we can produce 30 pieces for one model, for one item. And we also started to work with Industry Africa, which is an online platform. And that was really interesting for us. It's good to know the market and how to organize work. Yeah. And that was uh, that was really interesting too because uh, it helped us structure how to produce uh, enough, but not too much. Yeah. And that was really important. Great. Wonderful. And um, as we already mentioned, I mean, Mali is one of Africa's biggest cotton producers. Aside from yourself, do you see a lot of designers processing and using local cotton? Yes, more and more. More and more because um, locally the, the government has decided to, to help the designers, the cotton industry. And uh, there's more and more, you have new designers. And I mean, I did not start this process either. Uh, the designer, Chris Seydoux, uh, I don't know if you've heard of him, started this with the Bogolan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Chris, Chris started it. And the only difference is that uh, we we went more in research, new patterns with cotton, with weavers. Um, but it started before me with Chris and uh, uh, designers that uh, are, unfortunately, he passed a few years ago. But Chris was a, a role model for all of us. Yeah. And, uh, with Alfadi, with oh, Kofi yeah. Osa mm. in Ghana. Mm. And uh, they all started to be interested to in, to be interested in local textiles. Yeah. And how to make um, how to make fashion uh, a strong economy locally in order to to make a living out of it and to help the communities and to to keep the know-how the, the tradition yeah. alive. And that was very, that was strong. Yeah. So I think that the new generation I'm part of are continuing uh, what they started. Wow. Yeah. It's so good to hear how, how this whole um, process, you know, is um, evolving and, and moving forward and how the culture is pushed forward and to see that um, also now, um, different um yeah techniques and styles um are coming together like um you have been now to lagos um they have been seeing how you work and i think this is so important um for africa's um creative industry that we mm-hmm. really interact with um different creatives from different countries to understand yeah. and yeah. to gain um more insights and yeah. to create more and um, to really give an impact um, 
Because, um, yeah, this planet, um, really need to think of how to live in this planet and not yeah. to destroy it. Um, yeah. So can you tell us um, why fashion made in Africa is so important for the African fashion economy and um, your, your business? I mean, um, is, of course, very important uh, for Mali, but if you can give us an a overview about Made in Africa. You talk about the film um, I'm, I'm doing also, I'm making. Uh, the film, uh, I have one film that has been selected for the um, international organization for migrations because I talk a lot about migrations okay. of the youth. Um, they go by boat to Europe, and this is a tragedy for the continent. I work a lot on that subject. And I think that uh, when you have a weak economy, the people try to go elsewhere to, to make a living. The situation is so difficult. People have so little. People work hard. It's very complicated. And when you have a local economy that is very dynamic, you can make a change. The weavers uh, I started to work with a few years ago were young people who were going, who wanted to go to Europe because weaving, they don't make a living out of weaving anymore. And it, it is thing they know because they learn it from their grandfather and their father also learned it from the grandfather and they learned it from their father. It's like in, in Bambara, we call them the Mabo. The Mabo is like people who only do the weavings. They don't know how to do anything else. And since we are not consuming what we produce anymore, uh, they, did not, they do not know how to sell. They don't know who to sell to. So when you, when you produce locally, you, make, you create a new market. You create a new way of consumption. And you show that what we have is better than what we think. Because um, publicity, the image we receive from elsewhere, uh, for us a way of living we, we relate to. We want to look like what we see on soaps. We want to look like what, what we see on Europe. We want to look like what Africans that are in Europe send us like image. You know, but that's not, it can, it, that can be reality, but it's not the only reality. You're, when you don't have means to make a living in the place you live in, I mean, it's, it's a kind of logic. You need to find a way to achieve your dreams. Mm, the yeah. dreams you have is what you see. Because we all learn from television. You talked about Beyonce. Uh, when I was listed on Beyonce website, people were dreaming. How did you do? And I said, I don't know. They said, you know Beyonce? I said, no, I don't know Beyonce. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, you know, the dream I'm talking about is that because everybody wants to dress Beyonce. Everybody wants to, you know, to see, to be closer to Beyonce. 
And the world is like that. It's like the media are sending us images of dream, of perfection. And you, you want to be closer to that. Sometimes you need to go where these people are. Yeah, I hear you. Mm -hmm. So the local economy is very important. To be part of this process is good because it will help us locally to appreciate what we have. Africa tend to, to like what is not African because the, the intellectuals, people who have money are consuming things from elsewhere. When you look at the decoration of the houses, it's like Victorian England. Sometimes you look at things, you are like, wow, what is African in that? We are spending so much money to look like people from elsewhere, to look like Europeans. Maybe we do that to be accepted. Mm. It's a lie because to look like someone you are not won't make you accepted by the person you want to look like. That's a lie. And we are learning that. And we have to make our economy sustainable by consuming what we produce. And that will help us improve what we produce because the problem also is to the question of quality. Yes. The exactly. challenge today is to have the best quality as possible. It is not just the craft or to say the theory, we are, you know, conscious. We are, it's not only about that. We have to go beyond all that. The challenge today is excellency. Exactly. And there's no discussion about it. The reality I'm talking about, the truth we want to show is excellency. And to be excellent, you have to, to go to the roots. Yeah. You have to improve it. You have to add your own story. You have to add your own experience. You have to add your own personality. You have to add your own reality. And then you can achieve something. And you have to make your own people be able to see it, to appreciate it, and to want it. Because we have money in Africa. We are not poor. But we are poor because we, we, we always want something coming from elsewhere. While people from elsewhere appreciate what we have because they see the way it's made. It's unique. And they don't have that. So we really need to come back to ourselves. Oh, yes. To think about ourselves. To see ourselves. And to love ourselves. Yeah. Because nobody loves us more than we should love ourselves. Absolutely. Well said. Yeah, it's about also reflecting and really, yeah, appreciating the background and um, who you are and that um, the way you are, it's meaningful in the world. You know, I think this is so important also for the, for the um, next generation to believe in themselves that yeah. how they are, how they think, and yeah. what they bring to the table, it's, it's meaningful. That's why, what, what are your opinions and, and insights also about future trends in African fashion, textile production, or manufacturing? I think that uh, manufacturing is very complex. For a long time, Africa was compared to China if you remember. Yeah. China was like Africa. How come Africa is still behind? And today there is another narrative. 
because China is seen as the country who is polluting, who is producing too much. And uh, when you talk about manufacture, I think that we need to think carefully about the manufacturers we need because it can be a trap. We need manufacturers, but we don't need the models of manufacture we, you know, you see elsewhere that are closing. People are losing their business everywhere. We don't have a lot in Africa. Should we copy these models just in the name of development? What is the right development? I think that we should learn from the success of others and we should also learn from what didn't you know what is not working yeah we can have inspiration that's why i say we need to be to be self conscious of the reality we need to 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 look for informations we need connections we need education we need to to see what we have that is working and what we have that is not and we need to to improve what is working to make it bigger i'm saying that today we are in a place where all changes are possible when you look at black lives matter it's so much i think that it's painful but at the same time it's a, it's a time for black to show that we've been heard but we can also heal yeah and the healing process should be black solutions because the pain is black exactly and that's really important and we have to assume that black is also power black is beauty black is confidence and black is part of the whole and that's really important when you say black before it was a bit shameful because you didn't want people to categorize you but today it is different we are black we assume it yeah today blackness is a must have kind of you know um stigmata i would almost say Mm. And um yeah the term blackness and this feeling that comes with blackness it's um yeah it's it's also it needs to be looked in proper and how yeah how also um it is been used again yeah. to let um western companies um benefit grow yeah. um do we really now want to understand the culture made in Africa. So these are really um yeah, different different aspects and as you say, the solutions should come should come from yeah. black people. So manufacture economy, we should think carefully about all that. There is a market, what kind of market do we want to reach? What kind of message do we want to send? Because a market is a chance. Today we want to consume what, you know, what we call black business we want to support black business but the content should raise awareness it should not be only about consumption it should be about education it should be about solidarity it should be about sharing yeah. otherwise we are just going to copy the old and that's going to be a mistake 
you should bring more values to it and to be able to change the paradigm and then to make black business stronger and to have more impact on Africa. Yeah, I cannot add to that. You said it. Beautiful. So we're also about to come to an end, but what we always do on Fashion Africa Now podcast, we have two key questions. So I would like to ask the first one. I mean, you somehow already um, gave some answers to it, but it would still be good to get it compromised. What does fashion mean to you? Fashion to me means to be alive and aware. Okay. Simply. Good. Nice. And the second question is, how do you define your role in this movement? I usually don't like to define myself. Uh, I think that I'm part of something important. Uh, and the role I have is to, to see things clearly, to say things the way I think I should say them, to, to show that to be different is not a mistake. I think that, I don't know if I have that role, but I would like to, to, be, to be remembered as someone who is doing things in order to show that the, our difference make us richer, make us stronger. And we have to accept that. We have to accept that for ourselves. And we have to accept that for the future generation because what you do is what you live and what you do is what the next generation will want to do. And I think that we have a huge responsibility, but not a heavy one like you You carry it like you cannot do anything else. It's so, I'm having so much fun. I'm so happy because I'm myself. So that's your answer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, amazing. Oh, it was so beautiful. Your insights, your thoughts, and... Um, Yeah, the way you see things, you know, you're going with the flow and you're making it happen and you're encouraging. I mean, um, yeah, you're also so inspiring. This is so beautiful. I'm so glad we are here. We had the time because I know as a mother, as a businesswoman, and now with international exposure, It's sometimes not always easy. Yeah. We want to, you know, let the next generation mm -hmm. see that there are opportunities. You are out there in Bamako, so mm -hmm. you made it happen. So it should be possible for someone else or mm -hmm. to see how, how to also create this um, knowledge sharing, mm -hmm. you know, how to, to really uh, make that happen. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. This was so amazing, my dear. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Wow. Yeah. Maybe just one last one. What can we expect to see from you in the future? Mm. <laughs> What a question. I don't know. I have no idea. 
all I can say that we are working on it. We are working on it and we are doing something we love and we hope that you will love it. Great. Great. Wow. <laughs> we love it. Beautiful. All right. Here we go. So coming to an end. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> finally. Oh, thank you so much, Awa. Thank you. Thank you, Beatrice. It's a pleasure. Same for me. And stay safe. Take good care of yourself. Thank you. Same to you. Thank you. This was Beatrice and Awa, who's based in Bamako in Mali. Thank you for listening to Fashion Africana Podcast. You're listening to Fashion Africana Podcast. We humbly ask you to respect our intellectual property. We want to leave you inspired, informed, educated, connected. This is who we are. Fashion Africana Podcast. Get in touch with us on fashionafricanow.com.